You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Live at Cork and Carry at the park. My name is Chris Lanuti. This is Socks in the Basement. We have left the basement and headed out to Cork and Carry at the park for the last homestand. First of all, my friend Dave is running late in traffic. We used to sit there when we were kids in the old ballpark and watch Ron Kittle. He has talked with Ron several times on the podcast, and he is going to be extremely jealous that he's stuck in traffic right now and hasn't made it because I get Ron all to myself. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, thanks. And I know what traffic is. I've been in it three times today. But uh, I'm settled up. I'm back home uh, at the ballpark and happy to be here. You, you show up in a little golf cart. Like, how does that work? Like, you're, like I, is that what you pulled up in? How do, I, you just you zip around the neighborhood when you got to do stuff? You know, when I'm, you've been here for 40 years, and you just ask somebody to help you out, they'll get you here. But uh, uh, Harold Baines and I golfed today. We were uh, auctioned off at a charity golf tournament. Okay. And this is the first day that they could get together with the, the winners. So we were out at Harborside, pretty day, a little breezy. I got a little sun. Uh, so we sucked it up and suffered through around the 18 holes at the golf course. <laughs> Rough in this weather. I mean, this is like perfect weather to go out and do yeah. that. Oh, absolutely. But I was running late. We just got back in. We had traffic here, and uh, we squared it up. And I said, can I get a quick ride over so I can get on air? All right. So the season's ending. It, it Does the season end for you as well, and you and Harold and the guys who are doing all these events? Or is it like it year-round you're always doing stuff for the White Sox? Uh, it's, it's pretty much year-round. Harold's going home Sunday. I uh, probably won't see him until January with Sox Fest. Uh, for myself, I pretty much uh, stay available to do all their hospital visits or any charitable things they need to do or all the personal speaking events that I wind up with. So Going on podcasts. Well, it's a, it's a full-time job, and uh, I like it, uh, and it's a lot of fun. It really is. I met some wonderful people, and it's, it's all about baseball, and it's all about Chicago. Before we get to another question, I just want to let the crowd know here in Cork and Kerry, we do have a microphone up here, and if you have a question for Ron Kittle, I have, for coming on the podcast, a White Sox pint glass up here for anybody that comes up and talks on the show today. We have gifts for you. Okay, so Ron, this is the end of the year. I'm curious about how this works, because I imagine some of these guys are booking plane tickets and making plans, and they're ready to leave. Like They're going to go right to the airport from the ballpark. And then some guys probably, like, they just like the city. They, they may have plans here for a couple of days. What's it like, like, especially after a season like this? You've, you've been in seasons like this. You're not going anywhere. But you, there might be a little bit of promise. You might, you might be happy with, with how you did. You might be sad about what you did that, that season. What, what, what's the focus at this point of the year? Is it just get out of Dodge? What did you like to well, do? Well, pretty much. You just uh, loaded up the car and you went home. And, uh, you know, you want to reflect on what happened in the past, but you got to forget about it. And you got to move forward for the following year. And I'm sure some of these guys are arranged their flights uh, to leave immediately after the game or night flight, wherever direction they're going. Some will hang around the city for a little bit because they bought condos here, so they can't be too big in a hurry. They make a lot more money than I did when I was playing in the <laughs> 80s. So, unfortunately, I didn't have a hotel room nor another condo. I lived at home in Indiana. And uh, when it finished, it was finished. You know, and that's the thing I love about you, though, because you, you didn't make the cash that a lot of these guys make now 
but yet you don't sit around and say, well, it's all mine what I made. You do, you do Ron Kittle charities. You do all this extra work. And, and it really speaks, I think, a lot to your character. Tell me, what are you guys up to right now? Like, you got any events coming up? Well, my charity event, we just finished uh, Kitty and Friends Cigar Social here. A, a couple weeks back, we honored Harold Baines. First year, we did Jerry Reinsdorf. Last year, we did uh, Jim Tomey. This year, we honored Harold. We had a great night. We had 100 people show up, smoke cigars, drink bourbon. Uh, they got an awesome swag bag. I mean, it's, Jerry told me today it was the best swag bag he's ever seen in his life. And he goes, what am I going to do with a 1.75 liter of bullet bourbon? I said, I'm sure there's a few people that we know yeah, we I can share. It. I would and, uh, What the heck? But, you know, it's raising money for a great cause. And, you know, and I've made an impact over the years when I played. So you got University of Chicago Hospital, Northwestern, uh, Children's Memorial, Munster Community Hospital. So I've touched a little bit all the time. So we kind of dissolved Indiana Sports Charities in this full-time Ron Kittle Charities now. And we're doing the same thing. We're trying to uh, help find a cure for cancer. You know, there's mil million, million great uh, causes to raise money. And, you know, as one of the few players that licks the stamps, writes the letters, uh, goes out and makes the phone calls, I'm pretty proud of what I do. And I've been doing it for almost 30 years and uh, close to $3 million raised. That's, that's incredible. Just incredible work. Okay, so... Let's talk a little bit about the team, because we talked at the beginning of the season, and you were like, some of these guys got to earn jobs. Now's the time. You got, you know, the team's getting better. It's time to start earning a job. When you watch after the season, I think it's obvious some guys did, and some guys are probably sitting there thinking, this is it for me. I'm not going to be part of this anymore, you know? How, how do you see, I mean, like, what's your high point of the season, and, and what surprised you about this year? Well, the team really played a little bit better than I expected, to tell you the truth. Uh, you know, you don't ever count on injuries, but I've always said this my entire life. Uh, you're only as good as how many people you don't have on the DL. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, we lost a couple top pitchers, but Giolito picked it up a notch out there. Uh, Johan Makata, he's hitting great. You know, he's having a good team. Timmy Anderson is hitting far better than expected. You know, you're looking I had, I had E. Crow on Tim Anderson. Like, I was a guy last year telling everybody, Mancata, it's his first year, don't worry about it. But I thought that's all Anderson was going to be after, because he had been around now for two years. He had those two seasons. I was like, it's hard for me to believe he's going to make that jump. This guy's going to win the batting title. Yeah, you know, and and that's a great honor to be doing that. Everybody says, how pop, what's so hard about it? I said, well, there's not many people going for it. Right. And I've been in some batting title races with Dave Winfield, Wade Boggs, and Don Madden, so I know what the action is. Uh, Timmy is just showing uh, pure progress all the time. He's becoming a smarter ball player day in and day out. And when he starts playing better, third base, second base, first base, everything starts to blend in there. You know, he hurt himself a little bit earlier this year, and I, I didn't know if he was going to come back 100%, uh, but he's a very gifted guy. And I told him, I said, you know, you're one of those guys, Timmy, that in the future they might even move you out to center field because you got such talent. He goes, no, I want to play here all the time. I said, you know, there's a guy that went to the Hall of Fame named Robin Yount. Uh, that played <laughs> and he, short. Was a, he was a third baseman and well, he went to the outfield, Third right? base, shortstop. Right, right, and, right. And, uh, and short, that's right. You know, Hall of Famer, and uh, they went to the outfield and, you know, makes an all-star game too. So, you know, when you got a certain gift to play the game of baseball, you can pretty much play anywhere you want to. Now, you were a manager. You, you watched Ricky Renteria, and, and you saw what he did this year. Uh, I, I mean, it is a rebuild, so you can't really be hard on him about a lot of things. I, I think the only criticisms anybody ever throws out there is like, well, why does he bunt so much, or why does he do this, or why does he do that? But he is in a rebuild, and he might be just trying to figure out what his guys can do. 
Next year, though, this team goes out and you get you get these big guys coming. Robert, you get Madrigal that are supposedly going to be coming early in the season. They might go out and make a move and bring a guy in. If all of a sudden he's got a stock team that looks like that team that's out of the rebuild going on a run, what, what kind of manager do you think we're going to see here on the south side next year? Well, I'm a big fan of Ricky. I like what he does with the kids. He makes them hustle. Uh, you know, they play nine innings, and I mean, they literally play nine innings nonstop. So you got to beat them all the way to the last pitch of the ball game. That's pretty impressive there. Uh, you know, the, the more talent talented these kids become, the easier it is to manage. You know, like Joe Torre, he didn't have a tough time to say, well, let's go get Mariano Rivera up in the ninth. Right. I mean, you don't have to bring a brain surgeon not to figure it out. That is true. Or go let Derek Jeter hit. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty easy. These guys aren't at that caliber of baseball. But they're good kids. They're getting there, though. And, I mean, Yohan Moncada could be a legitimate star. Yeah, and, and I, I said, that's what he is. I said that his first year when I saw him over here, and everybody goes, "What do you think?" I said, and I saw him play in spring training. I said, "He's at, at this age, he's better than Robbie Alomar." Yeah. And uh, this year's pretty much proven he's got oh, some yeah, talent. Oh, yeah, he showed that. Yeah, he I did. can see that. That's a good cop. I yeah. like that very much. The red microphone is for anybody who would like to come up and talk to Ron. He's only got a few more minutes left. If anybody wants to come up and talk to him, ask him any kind of questions, you're welcome to do so. I really appreciate you coming out here. No, and my pleasure. It's raucous here, though, in, uh, in Cork and Kerry. No, it's all you right. Know? I mean, I, they're, they're, I've been here a few times. These people, and, uh, these people are partying. Like they're, they're, this is they're, You know, it's funny, too, because these Sox fans show up, and they're ready for a nice weekend, even though it's over. This is good. I've been here many times, and... Uh, one time I had cigars out here and I finished it. I had about a little bit of an inch and a half cigar left and I threw it in the trash and some guy picked it up and started smoking it after I threw it away. So that's a loyal fan. <laughs> we have a question up here. Come on up. All right. Quick question, Ron. 1983, game three. They hit you in the leg, knocked you out. Were they throwing at you? Yeah, he was throwing at me. Broke my kneecap. Uh, Flanagan was the pitcher. I hit a double earlier against them, and I had great success throughout the year with them. So it was a scoring position. Uh, take him out. It was a 3-0 count. Uh, he walked six people all year. So he could pretty much hit any corner he wanted to. And uh, if, if we would have went to the World Series, I wouldn't have even been able to play because my knee was three times the size and my kneecap was shattered. Thank you. Did that, did that change, like, a lot for you future-wise, career-wise, or oh, was that just for that, that oh, absolutely, season? Absolutely. Uh, excuse me. It was uh, – I couldn't do anything for almost two years. You know, I played with it. I couldn't push off on it. I mean, that's your planting leg. Uh, but it didn't hurt me as bad as my shoulder when I ran into a brick wall and I couldn't throw. But you got to stay healthy in this game. I mean, I'm, I'm proud I got a chance to play for Chicago White Sox. I'm honored. You know, I work for a great organization, a great ownership, Jerry Reinsdorf. Uh, you know, if he asked me to do something stupid, I'd probably do it for him. You know, so Harold and I are ambassadors, and uh, we try to represent the White Sox as best we can. It does seem that it's uh, a family atmosphere in the Sox, which is good, and then sometimes has its its bad points because it, sometimes it's like I think some fans sit there and say like. I don't know. This guy's been around for a long time, and maybe it's because like everybody likes each other. I mean, it, it, the business of baseball must be tricky when you're friends with people inside of an organization like that, right? Or is well, it's, it's like marrying into the family? You just don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, when you're around so long, you get a little complacent and you go on your morals, uh, what you did in the past. But you know, you got to stay fresh. You got to stay energized. You know, sometimes the team's not winning. You got to go out there and try to, you know, smooth it over and talk well about it. And that's been the hardest job as an ambassador. People say, "How can you you cheer the team on when they're struggling?" 
I said, you know, before the Cubs won the World Series, they lost 100 games. Houston lost 100 games. I mean, I've seen it many times over. Uh, we didn't get to that 100 games, which is a bonus. But, uh, you know, right now we got two guys who are up in the top 10 in the batting title. We got Giolito has, you know, just a smidgen of a Cy Young uh, nod. Uh, you got McCann. You know, he was hitting 300, but nobody expected him to hit 300. So if he's a good catcher with the pitchers and he hits 270, that's a great role for a catcher there. That's really good. Anything above that's a bonus. But uh, we got some talented kids, and it's only going to get better. Okay, before we get out of here, and I know you have to get over to the ballpark. I don't want to keep you for too long. I want to introduce you to some friends of mine that are coming on here next. These guys here are from the Section 108. Have you heard about these guys? Have I heard about them? I can smell them from the, the stands. All right, this is this is E right here. How are you, buddy? Good, man. How are you guys doing? Man? Yeah, this is the first see you, Ron. Nice seeing you again. <laughs> you know, Ron. Ron actually comes out to the 108 sometimes. He does. Yeah, that's well, awesome. And, I uh, sit in the Goose Island section. Well, because I get guys. tired walking around, and that's where I get tired at, and I sit there. He, he's definitely he's definitely been there and like kind of assessed the situation <laughs> and not stayed very long. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's I would get out of there too if it's I were understandable. Him. Listen, the first time I was on with him, I think I scared him when he called in the first time and I gushed about how much I loved Ron. The second time though, we finally came back on the show. I've worked it up to now he'll meet me in a public place. One day maybe I'll get him into my basement. Well, only when people are here. <laughs> <laughs> No, I do. I wander out there. I see what they're doing. I, you know, they're great baseball fans. They are. They're huge. You know, and, That's uh, why they're coming on the show. I've never had them on before. I was like, I got to have these guys, but I wanted all three of them, and I'm glad I got there's them. There's a lot of knowledge. Uh, I don't know which one has more knowledge than the next. Uh, depends on who's drank the most. Well, yeah, it's, it that's, depends. And that's, that's basically how we get warmed up for <laughs> a game, and then after the game, and then the next day. Yeah, I read what they're posting. Uh, you know, I don't comment a lot on the different things, but I do read. I keep my knowledge up of do what's you, going on. Do you on. go through White Sox Twitter? You see what everybody's doing on there? I, I kind of. You know, it, it's uh, I got more important things to do than read things, but, uh, you know, I got to cut my grass. You know, a man needs to cut his grass. <laughs> Come on, Ron. You post, like, something like five times a day. You're very active on the social media. No, no I, try, I try to be a little. I'll probably be more active now that I'm not so busy. Okay. Uh, so... It's nice. I, I, I love everybody's attitude toward the White Sox or any team, really. It doesn't matter. Uh, you, you need local support. You need people who like what's going on. Everybody's going to have issues. You know, every move in baseball has a counter move that somebody doesn't like. So right. you just got to go out there and uh, just play as it is. I think White Sox Twitter is a big giant bar full of people talking about the team. There's the irrational guy at the end who screams and yells and makes no sense. There's a few people that really know what they're talking about. One guy's drunk about halfway down. That's White Sox Twitter. And every once in a while, someone's got to get dragged out of the bar. <laughs> yeah, with a left foot or uh, something like that. It doesn't matter. All right, well, that's Rod Kittle. Everybody give him a hand. That's Rod Kittle. Thank you for coming in today. I really appreciate it, Rod. Thank you, guys. A neighborhood bar, a Southside tradition, your home base for Sox viewing parties. Cork and Carry at the Park, 3258 South Princeton Avenue, where they have an incredible menu that includes award-winning burgers, Chicago favorites, wings, beef, pulled pork, mac and cheese, salads, wraps, nachos, and an incredible environment. When I'm getting a drink pre-game or post-game, it's over at Cork and Carry at the Park. And in case you didn't know, you can rent the entire bar out for events. 
Just visit them at corkandcarryatthepark.com for more details. Cork and Carry at the Park, at the corner of 33rd and Princeton, right near the park. We'll see you there. We are live at Cork and Carry at the Park, and I have the 108 here. All three of us. Yeah, we're here, baby. Yeah, I have Every all single three one of us. the 108. And, and, well, you have more guys, which are the core guys, right? Is that how that works? Uh, we have some brand ambassadors, but uh, the three main three are the three sitting right amongst you. Okay, all right. So, first of all, you use aliases. Which I find, I mean, like you have. Like, That's correct. Yes. Is, that on, is that on purpose? Like, or was it like you had Twitter handles before you became the 108? Like, we got we got Beef Loaf, My Sock Summer, Cherizy E. Your parents did not name you that. So they wanted to. Yeah, they, that was second. It was frowned upon, so they couldn't name right, us those okay, things. Right, right. There, were, there were social things, and people were like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, the, the, the way right. it started is My Sock Summer actually had a blog before this, and, and he, he went by that handle. And so then we were starting this up a few years later. We're like, well, we, we need names. And so Treezy and I worked out our names. Actually, my daughter, who's sitting over there, she, she brought up my, she thought up my beef loaf name. So we got our names together and we're like, all right, what, what name are you going to be? He's like, well, I already have my sock summer out there. Like, <laughs> that name stinks. Pick yeah, you're like, well, hold on a second. Yeah. Like, that does it not roll off the tongue at all. He needs a meat name. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. meat related. Meat so that names. was the problem. Yeah. It was like, why are you not talking about food or alcohol in right. your name? And I was like, well, I I had brand rec though. I had I had some Twitter so, followers. I think we need like the 20, 20, we need yeah, the socks 20, in the basement followers people. to start pushing for the my sausage summer. Yeah, he needs to change his name. Okay, so it's not happening. These guys, these guys, for anybody, and what's interesting is I know. I know that we're on Sox Twitter, you're on Sox Twitter. Yeah. It's like it's where you live and breathe is on Sox Twitter. But we also know that we have a lot of people that are that are listening. We have people that are listening to the show that may not be on Sox Twitter. Sure. So to explain it to everybody, the, the 108 guys sit in section 108, yep. which is behind a foul pole down the right field line. Correct. So what happened? You all were sitting together and then said we're gonna call ourselves the 108? Like So it, I mean it had very humble beginnings, right? I mean, like, so I'm sure easy. It's me and Beeflo for our brothers. And uh, we were we were playing 16-inch uh, softball. Uh, for, oh, don't even for, talk about that. I got two torn <laughs> ligaments and I got a big giant boot on here. And uh, we, we were like, man, we're going all the way out to the south side. We're getting all we're getting all hammered up. And then we got to get back to the back to, you know, like Bridgeport. And I was in the West Loop at the time. And we're like, we should just go to Sox games instead. Like, let's just get like one of these half-season plans. So we much just, safer. Like, if we're gonna and, drink, let's pay a lot of money for the beer. Yeah, let's, exactly. <laughs> let's walk home but walk instead. Home. <laughs> but walk home. This is pre-Uber. And you could have just come here to Cork and Carry and done the same thing. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you need the excuse though, right? Like, like you, you need, need to be like, like well, I got I'm these gonna go to the game. game. I, I already tickets got the tickets. I'm going to see the game. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, this might predate when this was Cork and Carry. Yeah. This was. Jimbo's. Oh, All right. This Jimbo. was Jimbo's back then. All right. But so we got we got those seats, and then we ended up just randomly sitting in front of uh, Biggins and the Slump Buster, who are two of the friends of the 108. More aliases. And uh, yeah. they're NWI guys, and we just hit it off, like, immediately. And then when Jacob came into Joe, our lives. Oh, everyone have a drink. <laughs> my Sock Summer, when he came into our lives. Oh, when you we, say your own names, you have to drink? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. It's a, it's a I haven't yeah. listened to your show, but I missed that. Okay, all right. And, and so, my Sock Summer doesn't believe I listened to your show. I saw him two weeks ago. He's like, I know you don't listen to us. I'm like, I've listened before. It's pretty long, though. You know, it can be long for So him. he came into our lives, and then, then uh, this this started to kind of, we're going to all these games where we have 
all these things we want to say. We, I remember one of the first things that we talked about was how much I hate that they carried MGD. Yes. And so we just started putting out these blogs. And, uh, and then we had uh, My Sock Summer also had his, his Immortal Wave video, which yes. I don't know if you've ever seen. Yeah, I've seen it. It was on, uh, it was on uh, the Ridiculousness. Yeah, yeah it was on the Ridiculousness. Yeah. And, and you're the guy who's sitting there with your it looks like it's cold at that point in time during the oh, season yeah. and you've got like you got the hat on the coat on the waves coming along and you're being shot from behind was one of these guys shooting the video when it was happening no, no. i shot the video that's a guy we don't even know oh so we, you were shooting the video i shot the video oh, okay okay and it, it, it like blew up very fast so some guy was just and flipping off the wave and it became was. viral yeah. and this was like his fourth time doing it so it was and the first couple times i shot it in portrait and i was like idiot you need to shoot it in landscape and i I got him one more time and then yeah that then that, that video is like taken off i've made a few few dollars from that video so continue to watch that it's called this guy gets it over on the youtube yeah that's it's a good one the interesting thing is we that video sells that guy short because that guy showed up to the game with a huge bag of food yes. and crushed all this food in he like three innings. A burrito, hamburger, sub sandwich. Yeah, sub sandwich. I think he had a, a sausage sandwich. It was like it was a magic it was like a, bag. It was like a magic trick, just pulling things out. Well, the, the thing that I always like is whoever wrote the article, and I don't know who wrote it, about the urinals, because the, the, the urinal, the urinal <laughs> blog is my favorite thing that I've ever read from you guys. Because the whole I, I remember going to the old ballpark. And you just looked for an open, I mean, like you looked for an open spot, but you stood behind somebody. So it'd be rows of people. So right. like everybody's just standing in a big crowd. And then when they went to the urinals, people still did that. You were like, okay, that one's got three behind it. That one's got two. I'm going into the one yep. that's got two behind it. Right. And now everybody stands in a line that goes out oh, into the concourse because so nobody bad. wants to stand behind anybody. It's worse than the wave. It's horrible. It really is embarrassing to me as a White Sox fan that we don't know how to go to the bathroom anymore <laughs> properly at a, at a ball game. Grown men don't know how to use the bathroom. It is embarrassing. <laughs> and the men's line is way longer than the women's line Absolutely. ever is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why it was never like that. Look, if you, if you picked wrong and a guy in front of you couldn't remember how to pee and he's just standing there for two minutes, you, you, you picked wrong. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> that's your fault. That's how it's going to draw. You're going to miss the first batter of the seventh <laughs> inning. That's how it's going to go. Right. But otherwise, like everybody gets in the line and moves along, and it's like it's an understanding. Like get in, shake once, get out of the way. That's pretty much what it is. Yep. Yeah. If you go to three shakes, that's too many. If you go to three shakes, you know what you're doing. <laughs> that's absolutely right. <laughs> All right. So, so now when you sit around and you, I think you guys give great observations about stuff that's going on in the ballpark that you like and that you don't like. So. After looking at this year, not even talking about the team yet, because we'll talk about them in a minute. Yeah. What, what do you like and don't like about the ballpark experience right now? I mean, I like the fact they're throwing guys out of ball games for throwing baseballs on the field after home runs. I like that. But what, awesome. what else, what else no do we have? What do you What do you guys like right now? I mean, I'm, I'm happy to go first. I was skeptical of this, but I really love the electronic tickets. I thought those things were going to bomb. I thought the Sox were going to screw that thing up completely, and it's been great. I mean, there's been a few snafus. Especially with the doubleheader games when they got a separate ticket for each game and the second game cancels out. But for the most part, easy to transfer, easy to get in and out of the ballpark. It's nice. Yeah. You know, my dad was upset about those because he was like, I don't have a smartphone. So I guess I'm not going to ball games anymore. Oh, I'm geez. like, well, you go down to the box office and get your tickets. Yeah. Like, grumble, grumble. 
old man angry. So then I, I was just like, I, I'll just take you to games, Dad. <laughs> that's right. You can put it on your phone, and then you scan them both in. Yeah, see? That's he was like, works. can I bring them on my iPad? I'm like, you're going to walk up to the gate with your iPad? I love it. He should. He should. There's, there's definitely people there with iPads. It's totally okay. It's totally okay. Uh, anything else that we like or don't like at the, at the ballpark this year? Well, so I will always scream about this. I, I want this. I know maybe not everyone wants this, but I want this badly. We need to have pizza vendors, like walking through the aisles. Didn't they used to have that? They had the sliced pizza vendors. They used to have, they they used to have ago, it. Yeah. They, they, well, used they even to... had the round ones, the little tiny ones that they bring out I'll the packages, take anything, right? man. Yeah. I just don't, I can't, you know, we eat a lot of hot dogs on Dollar Dog Day. I can't eat hot dogs every day, man. My heart will just explode. I need something healthy, like a slice of pizza. <laughs> yes. For a <laughs> All four food groups, right? Like a slice of pizza, I need something healthy. That's absolutely brilliant. You mentioned something, though, that I really like that you guys also do. You do, um, you do a challenge all year long where your followers on Twitter That's will, will try to eat the most hot dogs. Now... I don't know if I believe some of these totals because all you have to do is take a picture of a dog. So, like, I could take a picture of a dog, the dogs from three different angles, and then just wait and send them out later. And you, I mean, do you ever like worry that somebody's cheating, or do you really believe wait, these guys are eating are, all these this dogs? This is why we can't have Chris in the tournament because he's going to cheat. Because he's already thinking. <laughs> one of our, he's not one even, of our he's not even an honest man. Yeah, he's there. And he's going to be on the show later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you Steve. can ask him if he cheated. Okay, I'll ask him if he cheated. <laughs> Steve Perizinski is going to be on they a little bit so later on. miserable we'll at the end cheated. of the night in those pictures. Yeah. They are not cheating. Okay. No, no, no they're and, not. And the guy that won is uh, almost an exact body double of myself, but he's much better looking. And he he definitely crushed that many dogs. How many dogs was the winner? The person who ate the most dollar dogs on a so, Wednesday. So the the, cha- the the wiener champion, the one dollar wiener champion, this season they can only is, eat them on Wednesdays, and they have to eat the one dollar one. Correct. That's the only ones that okay. count. In fact, someone last night had some in the patio. Those are they don't out. count. They don't, they don't count. count. They're out. Okay. But the one dollar wiener champion of this season had 149 hot dogs. 149 hot dogs. Every, every single Wednesday, and that's Matt Nom Nom Nominson. Yep. He's a hero, a champion, a true legend. And, and he's going to die soon of consumption. Yeah. Uh, maybe. <laughs> he's an animal. One night afterwards, he posted a picture. His wife posted a picture of him crushing some Oreo cake yes. or Oreo pie His wife. after he had had 16 hot dogs at a game. And a glass of milk. And, and a glass, glass of milk. milk. That's correct. Yeah. Let's talk team now, okay? Yeah. We're in the final stretch. I still believe this team. We're recording this on a Thursday night. I still believe this team should end up with 72 wins. Because I, 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 I don't understand why they wouldn't. I mean, like, I said that 20 games ago. That was an easy feat to get to. Are now, they at 71 right now? No, they're at 69. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, that is a nice number, though. I yeah. was actually going to look it up. They're at 69. Okay, so after you watch this season, I know you guys have listened to the show before. You've heard me and Dave talk about things that we like and what we don't like. I'm sure there's things you don't agree with. I'd love to hear like some of your thoughts on the season. Because I know one of you is a big Renteria fan. That's me. That would be me. And, and you must have heard me last week sitting there saying, like, I, if he doesn't turn, if he doesn't start playing good next year, he's out. Well, that, well, that's with a caveat that they actually spend money, put free agents in there, and if they don't have a, a like a minimum 82 win expected value team going out there, all bets are off because the variance will be so high. You don't know if they'll have a good variance. Have real, a drink. Look they, at him now. Look at this. Look how technical he got. So they quickly. sign real free yeah, agents, he, then he yes, right they right. can start the clock on on measuring. Ricky Renteria based on the result of the record. But as of right now, you can't do it. Right. Yeah, I agree. Like, 
a part of it is is with Renteria, right? A lot of the things that people complain about is like, why is he batting this guy so low in the lineup, or why is he bunting with this guy? If if you ever watch any of these like cooking shows where they're like, hey, you got to make something with camel penis. This is what Ricky's got, and then you you don't blame those guys for hiding that and going like, well, no one wants to taste that, so I put a steak in front of it. There were things I didn't like. I didn't like the mancata being batted. In, in the wrong spot when we did a whole show where we broke down like if you bat him in front of a Abreu the difference in his numbers and when he finally got around to doing that you could see it worked I mean he really he was he was like good bad good bad having those off days when he finally did something that we had been talking about maybe a month earlier he was on it now I don't know if he's a, if it was just like he just didn't see it or if he's got people working for him that don't do what a couple guys in their basement did, which sat down and said, you know, uh, Yohan Mankata's really good when he's in the two spot behind Jose Abreu. And uh, and if he's in the four spot behind somebody who protects him, he hits really well. And maybe we should try that. Like, does he have nobody that suggests that to him? That's what concerns me. See, I think the problem is, is that you're assuming that he actually makes the lineup. I don't even think he, he makes the lineup. He told me at Soxfest he makes the lineup. Nah, I stood up there in front of him. <laughs> Jason Benetti, poor Jason Benetti when I asked that question, because... I could tell I was in trouble with the White Sox for handing out the uh, the 500 or uh, Sox in the Basement hats right. at Sox Fest. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I get up there, and you got Han and Renteria and Benetti. And I go, I am Chris Lanuti from Sox in the Basement. Jason's been on the show before. I really appreciate it. And Han put his microphone down in his lap and looked at Jason like, are you kidding me? And then Jason put his, Jason put his head down and started laughing. And Renteria is the only one watching me while I'm asking the question because they're having this moment like, you went on this jerk show. <laughs> so, That's awesome. So, so, but the thing was is that Renteria tried to say, I get suggestions, but I make the lineup. Meanwhile, Han, during the winter meetings, during the winter meetings, Han said he makes the lineups. So you have two guys that both think they are trying to portray who makes the lineups depending right. on who's asking them, which also confuses me. Which means Kenny Williams makes the lineup. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, exactly. well, we're going to turn. We're gonna stop for a second. I'm going to ask these guys a bunch of questions off the air that I want to ask them because I'm, I'm curious about. And we will have them on again. Once again, Beef Loaf, Terese E., My Sock Summer Thank from you. the 108. Guys, really an honor that you showed up at our event Thank today. You. Thank you, Chris, for having us, baby. Now let's get, let's get drunk. Yeah, let's get drunk. <laughs> yeah, let's get drunk. <laughs> Steve Paradzinski, and I always say from the Loop Sports, and then I realize today it's not the Loop Sports anymore. Steve, what happened? Yeah, so here's basically what went down. Um, the powers that be made a decision that said, hey, we're going to kind of rebrand the podcast a little bit. So they were like, okay, what do we really want to call this thing? And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? There's another podcast out there that starts with From that's pretty successful. And I thought, hey, why don't we just knock that off a little bit? And we'll call it From the Bleachers, you know? <laughs> is, uh, is it From the Bleachers or From the Sideline? Or what from, is it? From, from the Sideline. From the yeah. Sideline. Yeah. 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 You don't even know the name of it. Uh, it's like two days old. I'm still getting used to it. Take me through your last article because I was reading it, but then I've I've had a I've had a Johnny Walker on the rocks, and I just spent time with the 108. 
So my brain is scrambled, but I remember I wanted to talk to you about it. So the moment you start talking about it, I'm going to remember it. What, what did you write about today? Well, I wrote about um, you know some of the recent speculation about the Sox need to go out and hire Dave Dombrowski to basically be oh, there. Oh, yeah. Now their, I, see, yeah, I remember it now. President of Baseball Operations. Who's saying this ridiculousness? A, a lot of the um, weirdos that are communist Sox fans on Twitter you know, are out there talking to me like, oh, they have to hire Dave Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski's the answer. And... The basic crux of my article is that, you know, the parameters that Dombrowski had his last two stops in Detroit and in Boston, when he had unlimited spending capacity, it's not going to exist here because Jerry Reinsdorf is still alive and he still owns the team. So he's not going to slap the checkbook on the table and say, hey, Dave, here's the checkbook. Go get whatever you need. I don't care what it costs. Right. He's not going to do because that's not how Jerry operates. Right. The thing is with Dombrowski, too, is that if Dave Dombrowski came in here, you would see a lot of guys get traded we've been waiting to see come up from the minor leagues, I, right? I, I joked in the article, within five minutes of Dombrowski getting hired, Luis Robert and Kopech are traded to the Mets for Thor and uh, a broken down Yuenna <laughs> Cespedes. Right, right. That, that, that's, but I believe that that's how it would go. I, I think that that kind of move would be a desperation move, and that's from that's from fans that are... I think there's a section of the fan base that thinks that we've been in a rebuild for 10 years because we've been bad for 10 years, when in reality we've been in a rebuild for three years because there was, you could see the point when Ricky, they, they, they get rid of Ventura, they trade Chris Sale, they bring in Renteria, they start making moves. It's all in the same offseason. There was clearly a point where there was a starting point. And, and I think if you look at it over three years, you don't get upset. If you look at it over the last 10 or 11 years, you're ticked and you're like, get rid of everybody. Yeah, so I have a little bit of a different perspective on it. Is I look at this as rebuild 2.0 because you go back and you think, okay, 2012, they're in first place for 119 days. They basically bring back the same group of guys. They re-sign Jake Peavy. They bring back Pauly. And then everything falls apart in 2013. That's when you see the PB deal, and that's when Avisel Garcia comes in. They move Alex Rios to get Larry Garcia. And I kind of called that rebuild number one. They kind of tore the thing down, and they said, okay, we're going to try to get younger. We're going to try to build up our farm system a little bit. But then they really abandoned it during the winter of 2014 when they said, okay, we're going to try to go for it, but we're not really going to go for it because we're going to sign Melky Cabrera, David Robertson and Adam LaRoche instead of spending at the top of the market. So we're going to forego our first two draft picks to sign Melky Cabrera and David Robertson, which made no sense to me at all. I So I've always kind of looked at that as rebuild number one personally. Well, yeah, here's the thing, and I, I think it's fun to kind of go back and think about like what did White Sox fans think in the past? Because we're all, we're all fans, but we all have different perspectives on how things happen. I always felt that even though Han was a general manager, Kenny was still in charge. I never felt like Han was making decisions or had a voice until the rebuild actually, be, this new one began. I felt like that last one was, those were all those were all Kenny moves. He was much more in the forefront of things. He was the guy that was constantly talking. Han, you, you barely heard from. And you were like, wait a minute, how is Han the GM, but we always still hear from Kenny? You don't hear from Kenny as much now. And a lot of things that that you believe that Han was, or that, and, and people outside of baseball were like, if he leaves the White Sox and becomes a GM someplace else, this is what he would be like. You see that more on the second rebuild, as you would call it. Yeah, and I think that's, I understand that, that piece of it too. I mean, I could be completely wrong. I mean, yeah. we're all speculating because they won't let us talk to any of them, and right. it's very difficult to get a straight answer. I mean, I was talking with the 108 guys, like, who's actually making the lineup? 
and you've had two answers. The manager says he does it, and the GM says he does it. So who does it? You don't know. Yeah, that, that's one of the biggest critiques that I have of this organization is you don't know who's really making the decisions. You know, in the fallout directly after Machado signed with the Padres, the first person we heard talking was Kenny Williams in a golf cart. It wasn't with his Rick sunglasses. Hunt. Right, right. Because you with know, the he, tears that he, he, he I'm high. I have these sunglasses on, so you can't see my eyes. Right, exactly. And then you had basically Han an hour later having to come in and deflect and try to, you know, kind of move the goalposts a little bit off some of the things that Kenny said. So it's just they're they're not a unified front. I think there still is a level of confusion as far as who's the one that's really ultimately making the decisions here. And one of the things that I always talk about is, you know, Jed Hoyer is the GM of the Chicago Cubs. Jed Hoyer ain't making any of the damn decisions there. We all know it's no, Theo Epstein. No, it's Theo Epstein, and everybody knows that. Right. Steve Paradzinski writes for the White Sox, so if you have any questions about the Sox, feel free to step up to the red microphone. We'll be happy to take your questions here on Sox in the Basement. Oh, here we go. Hold on. Oh, uh, here we go. We've got a question from the uh, from the audience. So uh, what is your name and what is your question? Uh, my Sox Summer from the, uh, from the 108. Uh, Steve, you, you came in second place in our uh, wiener eating contest. Uh, how did you manage to keep that impeccable body shape that you have now, eating all those hot dogs? He doesn't look like he eats a lot. No. And and he, how many hot dogs did you eat, Steve? During for, the- for the season, I had 131. Right. But I don't believe it. Listen. You can call me a lot of things. I'm not going to lie when it comes to hot dog consumption right there. So, you know, you will not besmirch my good name when it comes to something like that. I will not stand for it. What's up? Hi, I'm, I'm Beef Loaf from the Section 108. <laughs> Hi, Beef. My qu- <laughs> hey, baby. You would think they were the only guys at the bar. The bar is packed. The bar is wall-to-wall people. And they're the only people coming out of the microphone. My, my question is, is both for Steve and Chris. Everyone has been talking about off-season, and they've been talking about free agents. I've started digging in a little bit on trade opportunities. Give me even one solid reason why the White Sox shouldn't try to get a guy who is blocked positionally, good left-handed hitter, young, tons of control. That's Dominic Smith from the New York Mets. Why should they not try to offer him? Tomorrow, I'd offer Dane Dunning tomorrow for him. Here, yeah, I would be okay with Dane Dunning for him. I'd be fine with that. And, and the thing is with Dominic Smith, Dominic Smith, remember, was a guy who was like a big name, and then all of a sudden Alonzo comes out of nowhere. But Smith got a little bit of an opportunity and didn't do anything with it. So you don't know if he's going to turn into something, but, I mean, we don't know if Dane Dunning's going to turn into anything. So I'm okay with that move. I'd be now, fine now with Smith it. Smith this year so far, and it's a, it's a truncated role. He's had to play some outfield because they have right. Alonzo. He's got a 128 OPS plus. He's hit. And he's right. killed righties, too. So, What do you think here? We're going to get to the offseason. Realistically, we've talked about it, what they're going to probably end up doing. If you had one move besides the J.D. Martinez thing, because I think it's a pipe dream. Get what, what, let's talk pitching. What pitcher do you think that they can – you, can you throw a name out there or two that you think the White Sox realistically – and don't say Garrett Cole no. because it's not happening. Yeah, no. Um, I think a realistic guy is Alex Wood. I thought about him. So he's like 30 years old, yeah. and he had some good years, and he had a, run, he had a little injury this year. But I, you know, I always worry about those Dodger guys because they do about five, six innings, and then they're out. And you've never seen how deep they can get in the games. So, so my thing with Alex Wood is this: Yeah, he was terrible this year for the Reds, but he had some very good years for the Dodgers, like you said. He had some good years with Atlanta, and this is a guy that could serve in a swing role, be a starter early in the season when you have. 
Um, Rodon, you know, rehabbing from Tommy John. Kopech is going to be on an innings limit. So he can start early on in the season, and as those guys start to come back in the second half, you can slot him into the bullpen, be a guy that can give you two or three innings one time through the order. So he serves a number of different purposes from the left side. And when he's right and when he's healthy, he's got some really nasty stuff. So I think that's a guy that would be a reasonable target for them this winter. Steve Paratinsky, he was from the Loop Sports. What's the name of your new one? Let's see if he remembers it. From the sidelines. There you go, from the sidelines. Got it. Brand new thing. Second time's a charm. Thanks a lot, Steve. Awesome job. Chris, thanks a lot. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Thank you very much for listening. Remember, Socks Thank in the you. Basement. Thank you, Cork and Carries. Thank you, Cork and Carries at the park. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere a podcast can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.